of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Lewis Walker and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Lewis, it looks like you're outside just now, in, uh, in, in which is aptly named Storm Debbie. Uh, Storm, I know that's Storm not Debbie. my wife. That is <laughs> the weather in the north of Scotland. So, Lewis, hopefully you haven't got the, the, the wrath of Debbie uh, just now. Maybe you did a couple of weeks ago when you are in the phone tower, but... Uh, I hope that's a background. Yeah, you you're can, not you, actually you can, outside. Yeah. You can keep the wrath of Debbie uh, to yourself, I think, <laughs> Kyle. Oh, no, well, clean... she did say, say, she's told me, like, you need to go, like, it's half past. I need my quiet time. So, uh, ah, right. so, so yeah, to- so I think I've avoided Storm Debbie for the day. Well, well my background is just, uh, it's just something I plucked out of thin air. So I'm not outside. I'm actually inside with one of these okay. kind of carefully chosen backgrounds. To well, it does look a bit. It does look a bit blue. Uh, you know, you're wearing a blue top. Uh, it's kind of like a bluish background. And, you know, you did mention to me uh, offline that you've you've got a wee bit of a niggle and uh, you're off the running just now. Before we go into our interview, do you want to briefly tell us a little yeah, bit about what's yeah. going on just now? So, so probably like many listeners um and particularly as you get a bit older you ought to be a little bit more careful with what you do volume wise i suspect so i uh, probably for about 10 weeks have had a, a really significant groin niggle uh or if it's been more than a niggle because it started it stopped me running so it started probably yeah. mid-august uh and before i went yeah, to club okay. santa kyle and, uh, oh, really? and, and the, yeah, and the run up to Club La Santa, I just, I was just finding it really sore when I was getting out running. I could run through it, you know, maybe in me, I just try to run through it, which is what I kind yeah. of normally do with most things at my age. Because um, <laughs> you always get aches and pains, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the bottom line. But it got to the point where a day out from going to Club La Santa, I was, I actually had to go out on the bike instead. And for our two weeks in La Santa, I had to basically cross train, where I fell in, in love after a wee while with an elliptical. I hated it to start, but I yeah. it, it was actually quite good. So I was doing an elliptical. I was kind of on, on a road bike and I could rather surprisingly run on a treadmill at about five degrees. I, I, I you know, yeah. I hate I hated it. Well, five percent gradient. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I bloody hated it, and I couldn't be a mountain runner. Uh, but there was no, there was no impact, you know. On you know, yeah. so I could actually run okay, and I wasn't really feeling it. So I deluded myself that by doing about two and a half, three hours a day of of uh, cross training, that everything would be okay. Uh, but it wasn't. So it just, oh, no. it's just kept coming and going and coming and going. And eventually, I did speak to one of my physio pals. Uh, about it uh, and you, you know we both came to the conclusion I should get an MRI scan and see what was going on because there's a significant chance it could be a stress fracture well that's one of the things we need to kind of rule out and yeah. earlier in the year I'd kind of bumped my mileage up to about 80 miles a week god knows why I did that I just I was just 80 yeah I was 80 miles a week for a while um, oh. and uh, and it just left me perpetually tired. I thought I thought it would actually improve my fitness as I as I go older, but it it mm-hmm. only made me bloody tired. Uh, oh. 
And uh, so that that might have been a fact, although it was back down to about 50, 60 miles a week, but, but you know, before this happened, but I may have yeah. I may have done the damage. So anyway, long story short, I've, I've had an MRI scan. I'm waiting for the result this week and we'll take it from there. Wow. Well, fingers crossed. It's uh, there's nothing worse than uh, being sidelined and, you know, yeah. like, but you know it's, what? I hope uh, it. I hope it is a stress fracture, and I might sound a bit silly, but at least I'll know what it is, and I know what the treatment is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, okay. and it will get. And if it's that, it will get better. Um, yeah. However, if it's not that, then we're still left with a what? What on earth is it? And why can't Let's I run? Um, yeah. And, and what should I? Yeah. What should I do? So, we'll. Um, yeah. So hopefully by the next episode, I'll have a wee update. Uh, on that. Well, well, uh, well. There's going to be a lot of running chat today, folks. Um, you've, despite Lewis being sidelined, and and we we've got an interview. There's been a lot of running from my side as well. I mean, personally, I've been doing a couple of races, which we'll chat uh, in a, a wee while. And uh, and secondly, I was organising the Davaway 50k, uh, mm. which is um, there's a, there's an entry waiting for you since you're. Doing the high mileage for next year, Lewis. Uh, we'll we'll get you, we'll get you on to the to the race. Hopefully, granting to Forest. This is the third running of the 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 race. Um, it's the most popular one out of the whole series of the Murrayway Ultra series. It's uh, the end of year party basically. It's one of the last ultras in in Scotland, and um, and it always attracts a decent field. And you know, this year was was definitely the the, the largest field we've had in the race. Two hundred 70 runners uh, started the race uh, so you know that's I've got hardly any that that light on the on, on the top of my head is actually my just a shiner I've got you know just a, nothing there no hair left at all uh, after the stress of organizing a, a point-to-point race uh, of over 50k um, but we, we only had about five DNFs in the race which is quite well, a low number that's, which, that's pretty good yeah, the weather was fantastic. Like the day before the race, it was in the rain. Uh, yeah. And I was like, God, like I've just told in the race briefing, I've told everyone you'll be fine in road shoes. Uh, vapor flies will be absolutely fine in the, the trails. <laughs> but luckily, folks had, had common sense and there was a lot of trail shoes on, on the course. <laughs> so I was, I was quite slightly relieved. And, um, you know, and I'm glad my insurance can, can, can help me out there if, if anything did go wrong. But Nothing really went wrong. Um, it all went fantastic on the day. Second time I've said it. Drink if you're having a a, a game of did Kyle as how many times has Kyle said fantastic, uh, which we we did in the race briefing. But um, got, yeah, it was uh, the the race was won by my childhood friend Julian Barrable, who runs for Castorfin AAC. So Whoa, we're gonna wow. get him on the show just quickly, just to chat about um his his race and how this is the second time of running it's his second time on the podium um and fanny joko was also taking part a scottish internationalist as well she won her the the race as well um so yeah it was just a great day you know i was happy with how things went huge thanks to all the volunteers that helped we had over 25 volunteers um we had you know we had windswept beer uh, for the, the end of finish uh, part of the, the post-celebratory 
goodie bags. Uh, we had active route fueling the runners throughout the course. Um, yeah, just like it, it was almost faultless the the race, and and that's not me saying that. That's the the runners who have said that. But little did they know what goes behind on them behind the scenes eh, with these events. But um, yeah, a great day. So all out. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year organising the next uh, series for 2024. So, um, but I was going to say without further ado, here's uh, Julian Barrable, but um, he's gone. I don't know where he's gone. He's uh, he's he's just disappeared from the the chat. Uh, he, so I he maybe probably just, got fed up waiting, Kyle. He, he probably. Do you know? Hey, what? I did. Uh, I I did message him to to say jump on, um, but he's not there. So I don't know. Like I mean the. I don't know if anyone has did the race, um, you know, like the or wants to do the race in the future. It's a point to point. It's 52 kilometres. It's literally goes along the old uh, railway line from Grant in the forest. It's generally all all trail. There's a lovely section around the Anagach Woods and Granton, uh, and then it heads on the Dava line, Dava railway line, which is about 20 miles um, and then it finishes, it goes up uh, past Sanka Woods and then uh, and then it goes up and over Grant Park. There's a little sting in the tail, Lewis, Grant Park, in which you've, I'm familiar too much yep. with and, uh, you know, you've given me many a, many a session to do on, on Clooney Hill uh, in the past yeah. as well when I've been visiting my parents. So, um, but yeah, so he's arrived back in the, in the chat room, our, our Julian, so Let's uh, let's get Julian Barable, the Davaway 50k champion, on the show. Now this is where we find out if he uses Microsoft Teams because he's on mute and you can't see him. He's but, on uh, a mute. Yeah, <laughs> Julian. Welcome to Tartan Running Shorts. I hope you're well. Uh, let's see if he responds. Can you, un- like can you unmute yourself, Julian? You're, you're <laughs> certainly on, but you're muted. Kyle and I are looking oh. at this little black microphone with a, with a slash through it, which uh, is not <laughs> shifting or changing at all. So, not, is it? and I, I can remember, you know, I know what it's like to be on the opposite side of this when, you know, you're searching for the little buttons to, you know, either put your picture on or put put your sound on and you kind of find them <laughs> and it's a bit of a nightmare. Been there, done that. Yeah. Oh, here he goes. Are you hey. on We oh, he's can hear you. he came on and he went off again. I don't know what's going back. on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Microsoft Teams here. It should be uh, should be easier than this. Oh, I think I think we're good. We're, we're here. Well, can you hear me all right? Oh, yeah, that's better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, I won't touch anything else. But yeah, it's uh. Don't know put your hands behind your back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, guys? Maybe just stick to running, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Julian, it's it's great to have you on the show, and uh, congratulations after winning the Davaway 50k. Uh, it's got a lovely, lovely wee rhyme to it. It has. Uh, now, just before before we chat, I mean, Julian, I, I 
I knew you as a as a as just a friend when I was like in primary school, and because you you're from Forest, although you run for Castorfin AC, you're yeah, Forest Loon, and um, and yeah, we just like hung around. Uh, you were always an active guy, but you weren't a runner, really. You know, you didn't, you weren't in the running club or anything. It was only fairly recently you you took it up, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that the case? Yeah, that's right. I um, <clears throat> I think I went along to Forest Harriers for like one or two weeks, and then thought, ah, no, this isn't for me, and then got into it. Um, got into it through a a work colleague at my last job, maybe eight years ago, something like that, yeah. and just, yeah, just, well, that's it, right? So, so have you, into, yeah, different time have you of progressed, life. Have you progressed through the distances then, Julian? Did you start kind of like 10Ks and move up, or did you get, get straight into ultras? Yeah, I'm trying to think now. I mainly just started it for fun, and then thought, ah, oh, this is, you know, I'm, I'm actually all right at this. Try try some races, try some park runs, um, and then I think it probably you know a marathon was an interesting one. The colleague of mine who I used to run with at the time, he was up for the long distance stuff, so me and him did a, a Berlin marathon. Ooh, it was just fun. I nice wasn't one. a particularly good runner then, oh. a fast timer or anything. Um, but yeah. after like shortly after that, um, a friend of mine, Chris O'Brien, recruited me um, by stro- stalking me on Strava. Um, anyway, and then I joined Christophin, and yeah, since then I got a lot better at running, and uh, yeah, did a lot more types of races, distance of the races, just trying it all really. Um, yeah. And is this um, Julian? Is this your first ultra? That was Dava way last year. Your first ultra. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that because it's like home turf, or is that just because Kyle Gregg's the race organizer, or is that neither? <laughs> a bit a bit of both so yeah it's nice that it ends up in forest i thought it'd be a good one to to do it's kind of a flat one it's like a nice progression of the marathon yeah so a bit of both a bit of both yeah uh like good good answer eh? <laughs> so, um, so like i mean yeah i mean you're you know like i say you've you've you were a pal so it was great for me last year to see you on the podium and this year to win it and you know, as a betting man, uh, it was quite there was quite a lot of competition this this year for an ultra in up north. You know, we had um, Grant Jeans, uh, we had yourself, we had former Commonwealth Games uh, internationalist Ben Livesey was taking part, and he's been running really well. Um, Two fifteen guy for the the marathon, I think, uh, and we had John Anderson, who's um, a shout out to his wee podcast, Chilled Running Events as well. He's got a wee podcast he's been starting. So he was a defending champion a quick time last year. Uh, we had, um, who else did we have? Correct. Um, this is, I was just completely, um, uh, yeah. We, I mean, this, I'm just talking about the, the males just now. I mean, um, Fanny Jerko and the, 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 the female side, um, with David McClure as well, who was a, is a, a Scottish internationalist, so it was, it was great. Like it was great to see so many uh, a, a real tussle at the, the sharp end of the field. Now, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it was like Grant Jeans and Ben Livesey went out hard. Did they? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It was it was good. Uh, it was yeah the same same three on the podium as last year. So when I saw the entry list, I yeah. remembered those two names anyway, and I thought oh, this could be could be an interesting one. 
And then somebody right at the start, I was chatting to John just at the at the beginning. He was like, "Oh, there's a two seventeen guy running," and I was like, "Oh, where is he? He's already out of sight." So I thought that was the end of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, yeah, it was so a good, so Ben there. Uh, bunch of people. Bis- I met them really, yeah. really nice people as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And shout out to, so like- shout out to your shout out to Luke. He gave me a lift. Um, but yeah, great guy. Loads of loads of great runners. No, Luke guy was it. Yeah, that's the one. Nice. I hope he didn't oh, give you a sorry. lift during the race. But I mean, Ben Ben had a, 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 a I don't know how big the lead was, but he 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 basically was it like mile twenty. He blew up, didn't he? I think. Yeah, so he definitely went out hard, and then so did uh, me and Grant, James. Grant tried to keep him in yeah. sight. But he was away at one point, maybe like a couple of minutes ahead. I wasn't sure we'd see him again. But then coming into the first checkpoint, um, I think he stopped to grab something. And I'd come through Grant a little bit at that point. And uh, yeah, could see him, yeah. just tried to keep him in touching distance. I think I passed him about halfway. He was still going all right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, obviously he did have a, a blowout at some point between then and the yeah. end. There's a big, big difference, isn't there, between a marathon and a 50k? Is it? It's on. It's eight kilometers essentially, but if it's on trail and that extra eight kilometers, it makes such a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And it's all, I guess, it's all about what you, what you've done in the run up to it as well. But for me, yeah, yeah, uh, not Lewis, um, Julian. It's been great to see your progression in the sport now, and you know, you like to say you've you've seen your your club runner. Um, you're you're the same age as me. A year younger than me, and you know, you're you're progressing in the sport now. Like you know, you've done you've you've two thirty mid low two two thirty four. I think you've done this year in yeah. the marathon, and uh, you recently you were. I think you were. You had a good half marathon not long ago as well. Didn't you not do a half marathon recently and you came second yeah, or something? I did, that... did Inverness. I don't know. I don't think it was anywhere near second. But I did Inverness yeah. half. Um, yeah. And you ran a 52-minute uh, 10 mile at the, the Tom Scott as well. So you've, you've got pedigree, man. You know, you like, it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's great to see, like, you yeah. know, good old Julian's, like, and you've you've got like, yeah. I see the way you run. You run. You've always run quite. Uh, you know, you just look like you can like a Kenyan type runner. You know, like you just got nice long limbs, and you just make it look so effortless. And uh, so yeah, it's it's great to know that I'm I'm not the fastest forest runner anymore. So well, certainly, Mark Mitchell. I don't know. Is, I, but, think you, uh, I think you probably, probably <laughs> might be if you if you raise no, it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, but no. Just uh, just to that, like. Um, yeah, quite nice doing all distances and having got into running relatively late, don't know when I started, kind of early 30s or something, it's quite nice to be just chipping. All those races that you mentioned have all been PBs, so it's quite nice to just be PB in year on year because they don't really have What's any your... historic yeah, like, what, PBs, what... if you know what I mean, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm building mileage year on year. I feel like I'm getting slightly faster. Maybe it's yeah, those magical yeah. carbon shoes that's giving me a false sense of... Uh, Success, you know. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be, seems to be going well at the moment. Just try and keep it going. Going to do London yeah. next. Hopefully, take a couple more minutes off. We'll see how that so goes. What are you like? What do you think you're gonna? 
aim for London is it uh, I mean if I was in your shoes I'd be saying you need to be hitting that sub 230 I take it yeah that's what everybody's saying I'd be happy to put yeah. the difference between it and where I'm my current PB to be honest but yeah you never know like you see see how the training goes it goes well I think there's a couple of guys from Christopher who are doing it so I'll try and link up with them and get some good long runs in some good sessions in try and actually do some proper sessions rather than just running which is what I tend to do um, well, maybe, well, don't yeah, maybe. don't knock that. Don't knock that, Julian. Uh, I mean, I think I think sometimes for some folk, just the so-called just running is actually the right thing to be doing. You know, particularly for ultras. But I, th- I think that gives you a great kind of background for the marathon. So I wouldn't I wouldn't change it up that. Much. I mean, if you've run two thirty four, yeah. I wouldn't change it up that much, to be honest. I, I coached Dougie Selman. I don't you know you know Dougie oh, Dougie yeah, runs yeah. for, for yeah, yeah, Christophan. Yeah. You get a chance yeah. to, to run with Dougie. I mean, he's he's going for Valencia in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Um but yeah, so but there is always that challenge around um, you know, you, you want to go for a marathon and you think, well, I've got to train, you know, a bit more seriously, I've got to put in some very significant sessions. And and yeah, perhaps you do, but I think I think you've also got to look at what's been working well for you just now and clear, clearly there's a lot of you know with all your pbs that you've got something's working very well for you across the distances so so don't don't change too much it would be my advice mm, yeah there you go. No, what are you right. doing Julian? Right. like are you uh what's your not mileage enough. like right <laughs> probably not enough, enough. <laughs> not enough for, for ultras most of the time between 30 and 40 miles uh the occasional oh. 50 miles so I, I need to probably do more <laughs> I, I do more of what I'm doing but I just probably need to do some more volume all right is that for a single run or is that for your weekly mileage <laughs> my weekly mileage is pretty well yeah yeah my weekly mileage is you know generally less than 40 oh, boy. Um, yeah yeah well ab- absolutely then I mean if you're if you're running those kind of times in a 234 marathon 72 half marathon or 30 40 miles a week maybe the occasional 50 you've got a lot in there in terms of your endurance capability by by just you know not necessarily running a lot faster but but just extending a bit more hmm. yeah yeah um, i do plan i do plan to try and increase the volume and get a bit more consistent get the commutes in get a few more long runs in yeah week. well well uh well maybe maybe just don't give them all your secrets to this because uh, you know like i say i want to Continue being the fastest forest runner. <laughs> when's, when's Mark Mitchell making a return? I don't know. Well, I, 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 I see rogue. Mark on Strava, but he's he's out in the the Western Isles. Ah, yeah. I think I think he's he's converted to the religion there in inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Mark Mark uh, he's no he still gets out and about, but he's not he doesn't look like he's training for anything in in particular. He's, he's yeah. just kind of keeping keeping fit. Yeah. yeah, I remember well, from well, the, the Fast Forest Boys were Kyle and Mark. So I remember from growing up in Forest. I know. It's it's it, yeah. Like you say, you know, I I I I am I'm delighted to to see you winning it. And it's great to be like just the fact that I've known you for so long. You were a good friend as a kid and still are, you know, but obviously drifted apart, but we still see each other in races. It's it's a great it's a great full circle for me anyway, you know organizing a race up my mates just ran overall so awesome um just before you go two things like what was your 
what you know, you've done the dab away twice now. Um, you know, what do you like about it? Other yeah, than me a, and the actual. It's an awesome race. Like, like I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about ultras, but it just it feels like a natural extension to the marathon. And I, I personally like running on trails more than roads. Um, and the fact that it ends up in forest, those three things combined. Um, yeah. Plus, nice. plus the fact that I know, I know the organizer and he's all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Hi, <Okay>. Debbie. <laughs> Debbie, my wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and then the second thing before you go, we've got a few fartlet questions we're going to ask you. Um, what's your, your favorite shoe? It would have to be the one that, that I wore for the Ultra, the Vaporfly. Did you wear uh, Vapor? Aye. Do you remember uh, in the briefing, the, the briefing, I was like, ah, it'll be yeah. quite dry, it'll be runnable, but what was it like <laughs> underfoot? It was, <laughs> it, was it was a lot worse than last year. Like, a lot of the dava was waterlogged, so you find yourself hopping from side to side or trying to run in the middle to avoid oh, all the man. pedals. But it, yeah, it was a bit slippy, but you got away with it with those shoes. I do a lot of running in the hills, so I'm kind of used to this. Slipping a little bit anyway. Aye, aye. Lewis, have you got a question? A final question, do you want me to crack on? No, you you, you know that I'm useless at these questions, <laughs> Kyle. And you keep you keep on throwing me in there and I keep on saying the same thing. Go on yourself. Lewis doesn't like Lewis doesn't like fart like he's a tempo guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh what's your favorite distance? Um 10 mile. The Tom Scott 10 mile straight distance. That's yeah. a good time think, you got there. Um, yeah, I was going to say probably because that's probably the best, the fastest, best race I've ever done. That's maybe why it's my favourite at the moment. Like if you if you if you look, compare the other distances you did, that looks like your your strongest bike. I mean, I, I, maybe I don't know. You'll know better than me, but maybe the start once the stars align, you'll um, you know those times are going to start. I also noticed, you know, your Scottish champs, national cross country, your fiftieth, fifty second. Oh so yeah, you know, yeah, quite field. like, quite like that one, the the Falcon. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm a big fan of cross country. Um, yeah, so I love the, I love the big group. You know, when you got loads of folks running it, uh, and you're yeah. in there, trying to hang on somebody. That's good. Yeah. Well, the, who's your the, favorite? Who's your uh, aside from Mark Mitchell or Kyle Gregg? Who's your your actual running hero? Uh, probably one of the marathon greats. I guess everybody says it, but yeah, it's pretty amazing the consistency of of Kipchoge and what he's achieved. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I know Kipchoge's coming through. It'd be great to see him carry on, uh, carry on that yeah. for Kenya. Yes. The momentum. Lewis isn't a fan. <laughs> no. Well, no, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just, I just, I, I, I think he's, I think he's past it now. I may be completely ah, agree, but. I think I, I think he's at the I, end. Yeah, I don't. Like forty? I don't know. Is he not forty or something? Yeah, I'm sure. 40? I'm sure he is, but he's achieved a lot. So I don't know. He's a <laughs> quite inspirational. Um, yeah, but I don't, yeah, absolutely. You, you guys know more more about these guys than I do. I don't follow. Um, don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, if you had, um, what's your favorite session? Um, sixty minutes easy, hundred and twenty minutes easier in the pub. <laughs> Like it, uh, and if you had one more race to do, what race would you do? Just one more. Oh, that's a tough yeah. question. I'm not sure. That would be a sad. That's be a sad. That's kind of a sad question to answer. 
he's a, he's yeah, a sad yeah. guy at times, Kyle, yeah. isn't he? You know, he, and he, you have to have a sad mind to think up that kind of question. Yeah, it's always the Monday asks question. I have to entertain you and say something like the the Maury Coast one hundred or something. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Well, well, I I, I hope to now you've this is on live. <laughs> I hope to see that come true. So, yeah. Um, but you know, like we had. Uh, Lewis and I had this conversation about, you know, when should you start doing ultras? I mean, we're in our 30s now, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose you, you want to take advantage of the speed while you have it too, eh? So um, maybe, uh, just, maybe just not to be clear, just, just to be clear, you two guys are in your 30s, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in my, I'm still in my prime here, eh? But anyway, well, <laughs> One more question I've got to ask you. You must have done a beer mile since you've, you know, you've. I haven't. Actually. I haven't. Have you not? No. Ah. Well, if you were to do one, what do think? What do you think you could do? Or do you I think? Don't know. What time I, do you think you could run? I don't think I'd be that quick, to be honest. Probably six something. Um, six is all right. Six is all yeah, right. There's a, there's a guy, Richie Gardner. Uh, from, oh, Richie's been oh, on the Richie. podcast. He's. Oh, he's yeah, a monster. Really, he's. I think. I think yeah. he's. Uh, yeah. He's got he the like, three mile time in the club by a long yeah. while. Has he not got the Scottish yeah. record now? Because it was Chris probably, Russell for a while. Quite probably, yeah. 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 Well, uh, he's he's another cracking runner too, but clearly yeah. beer and running works for him. So uh but anyway, well, Julian, congratulations again for your cracking run at the Dava Way. And uh, I hope your recovery's going well and look forward to seeing you at one of the other races and maybe see you at one of the cross countries as well, eh? Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Thanks for having me yeah. on. All right, dude. Good, good luck, right. Julian. Good luck. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Take it easy, man. See you later. There you go. That's Julian Barable who won the, the Davaway 50K. Um, so while we're on, on the subject, I'll just rattle through the top three. So Julian Barable uh, got the course record. In 324 16. Grant Jeans uh, was 336 31, and uh, last year's champion John Anderson uh, was in third place in, in 341 29, uh, who is, um, yeah, he also did the 12 and 12 marathons uh, last year in aid of Logan's Fund. So, yeah, well done. Uh, for yeah, getting to the start line of of the Dava and getting on the podium as well, and then in the female side we had um, Fanny Joko, who uh, ran. Let me see the rate the results. Uh, four fourteen oh seven Central Athletics Club. Uh, Rachel Little in four twenty seven oh nine Inch Trail Running Club, and Zdenka Fraser in four thirty three forty two from uh, Nairn Roadrunners and a shout out, uh, it was a, a sprint finish for the, the third place of Zdenka and, and Cara McQuarr and uh, who, yeah, seconds in it. But uh, luckily Cara got the first Vet 40 and uh, yeah, well done to Cara as well and yeah. uh, from, from Metro Aberdeen. So yeah, it was, it was a great, great race. Uh, I really enjoyed it enjoyed the organizing of it and uh roll on next year but yeah just anyone who's listening thanks for turning up to the race and certainly the volunteers and the sponsors who helped make it happen as well so yeah um 
So, Lewis, that's uh, that's uh, kind of the races. And obviously, there's been a few other races that have taken place in the yeah. last few weeks. Um, and I mean, obviously, you haven't been racing. I I had the opportunity to, I say the opportunity, I wouldn't call it an opportunity. Kind of weird with kids and stuff. But uh, the Dyke 10K was on last week. All oh, right. I've got great to... memories of that. It used to be a quite <laughs> short, used to be a short course. Was it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, they, they did lengthen it, Kyle. I'm old enough to know. Oh, well, well, the organizers are an official course measure of Paul Hughes, so uh, I yep. think he would have been bang on the the money with the the, the actual well, distance well, it, of it. It is, it is now. It is now. Well, um, I, I, I'll say like you know, for my end, it, it was, I, I was disappointing in terms of my time, um, but it wasn't to say that I was disappointed with. Um, with with coming forth and and being three minutes slower than my PB on a relatively flat course, uh, it was a wake up call. That's what I would call it. A wake a wake up call and a a place to start again. Uh, it's a benchmark. It's um, the training starts now, Lewis. Uh, you know we're we're talking about getting back to. It's a bit like Rocky Balboa. Let's get back to where I used to be. We'll find. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Eh? And, and I know right, you, you're gonna you know, look, Kyle. You're gonna have to come out and put your money where your mouth is. I don't know how many times I've heard you say what you've just said. <laughs> yeah, and with intentions. But when are you gonna commit, man? Really commit? I, I'm committing right it. now. I've, I, I, I've, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. But how do we know? You've said this before. What's the difference? What's the difference between you committing now and the committing you've made before and having to followed through on? I'm going to put you really on the line in front of your adoring public, and uh, I, that's a good that is a good a good question. Um, so I suppose the the word committing would 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 mean what am I committing to? So what, what am I committing commit to in the past? To? Yeah, I've uh, I've I've you know if I'm saying I'm like what would I do this year? So I'm trying to think what I what I did this year. I did the West End anyway. Let's use that as an example. Um, I committed to that. It it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, but I I think you know when I look back on that, I think I had I think if I, if things aligned with that race, I think I would have had quite a good race. Um, and I think I was quite I was quite happy with my training. Like I've, I I think I've, I've mentioned this before, and it's maybe a bit of a bit of a broken record when I talk about what training's been like, and and you know trying to blend that in with work, looking after the kids, and you know working and and getting the miles in, and just being generally sleep deprived for the last two or three years. You're it a is, renaissance you man. A renaissance yeah. man. You could Fitting argue, it uh, and then and then obviously like Debbie's Debbie's trying to do the same thing, um. So it's and she's doing three sports. I'm only doing one, you know. Uh so no, I've like I have I've definitely put it less further down in the priority list, um. But I, I feel like I've got, I feel if we Debbie and I had a good chat about like how do we want you know how do we look look forward to a, a race or try and get a goal or and, and you know one of the things we're talking about is like a marathon to get a pb or to get close to and london being a prime example i know you had a, a catch up with debbie and i think we've we put together after your chat we put together a bit of a training plan to hold each other accountable and 
to, to almost say, right, this is the set because that's what we used to do, Lewis, wasn't it? Like yeah. you would you would give me the sessions for the week and and I would do them. And I would be pretty like fairly compliant with them all. Uh okay, maybe eight times a mile, maybe do seven and you would kick off, but I kind of was fairly compliant. But at the same time, like you've always been there and like recently the last kind of couple of years, I've always felt like I don't want to be saying to you, right, I want to, I want to, a training block from you that I know you can look over because I feel I'd let you down and I feel I'm not, you're putting in this work and I'm not returning the favour, if that makes sense. Because I'm not, you know, I just didn't feel, you know, for me at the time, I just didn't feel I'd be able to do what I need to do to achieve, yeah. like, a really good result. Whereas, like, so I suppose... The question you've got like how do i what was your question how do i like well it's about committing like, right so it's about yeah. having a goal but it's about how do you commit to do the things that you need to do yeah in order to keep going with that with that goal and furthering that goal but it, and at the same time recognizing that you're spinning quite a few plates you know your your, your life is a bit of a juggle you know, in terms of, of what you're doing. So there's significant stressors with that that you've got to take into account for how you plan your training, what you do in your training, how you recover from your training. So, you you know, it's not, it's not simply a question of having a training plan and launching it. The training plan has to bear in mind what your current lifestyle is and, yeah. and what so I think you, that's like you can both do. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we've tried to be more realistic with. Yeah, I've kind of have tried to be in the last couple of years, like saying, "Well, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be phoning Lewis every week and saying, look, I want what I want X, Y, and Z. This is what I can do.' Whereas, like, I might write, let's just freestyle it for a couple of years, just just do what I can, and then when I feel like I've got more capacity, let's be a bit more serious about it. And I think kind of like once once um like there's a little bit of time when logan goes to nursery not from nursery into primary school and then lenny's at nursery next year so there's a bit more time then to train um but yeah it's just like between debbie and i we're like hold each other accountable and say right if i'm doing this like you go and do it in this like just having an organized schedule is the key i think at the moment if you and to, i think it is the key um, the, the, the other thing that i would say is that you know you don't need to be doing really hard sessions you know you, you know you can actually cut down on the session. so one of one of the things that probably you need to take into consideration is because you're juggling a lot it's actually going to be better on you to just do quite a fair bit of steady running and fewer sessions but to make the sessions count when you do them um, and, and we're going to be chatting about recovery strategies and and and, and things shortly. But but essentially, you've got to recover from your training. The effort you put in, you've got to recover from. So you've got to you know grade your training in terms of well, what zones are you are you training in, and how how much how much does that take out of you? How much do you need to recover from? And when you've got a, a lifestyle that's kind of jam packed with with lots of things. You're often better not a session so much, but just to make sure you get out and do just some zone two running that that you can, 
Um, you know, your heart rate's okay, you can do a reasonable amount of miles, it doesn't kill you, and you recover from and, and you'll continue to build. And that's that's probably one of the key lessons that that someone in your position um can utilize. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I think you're right. Um and that I suppose the, the, the other thing is as well, is like there's always the oh, I'm going to get ill, I'm going to get injured, or what happens, like, so, like, for Debbie at the moment, she's getting, uh, like, she's got a uh, bulge in her, like, spine, so she has to, like, get that. It's a disc, isn't it? Yeah, um, a bulging disc, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, So she's got an operation to, so that's, like, there's potential that's affecting everything else when she runs, and um, so if she can get that sorted, then it just gives a bit more confidence to put in a training block and yeah um, and and yeah. But I think you know generally I'm like after the diet ten coming fourth thirty three forty. I'll put it on the line. It wasn't. I thought I'd be a bit faster than that. I was a bit surprised that I felt so flat. Um, so I had quite a good race at classes. So I've, I've clearly lost a bit of fitness and but it's yeah it's a benchmark and and it's nice to it's nice to kind of put yourself on the line and just just you know just be true to yourself and to yeah. say right this is what I'm doing at the moment right let's try and get better than that for the next time in the next you know the next few weeks and into the few months so um so yeah anyway but we'll we'll no doubt chat offline like what my what we said uh was we'll put together the plan let you oversee it and you know what your thoughts are on it and maybe we could discuss that online as well so yeah some uh some run, you know runners can maybe take some notes and get some some key uh key messages out of it too but uh you know as like Lewis said we we were going to chat about some this is a doc talks uh previous episodes and he's you know and this is a sec a segment which we we, we do and i certainly enjoy and always come back to this and to listen to some of the words of wisdom so you've got a paper that you um you were mentioning just about recovery and yeah so i'm 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 back into the final year of my master's um now and i'm kind of working on a dissertation which is the sports psychology bit of things but it allows me the opportunity to look at a number of recent papers that came out and one that caught my eye was about recovery strategies and devices so this was what's called a systematic review so it's basically a a review of all the recovery strategies out there and what was evidence-based from what's not because there's, there's a lot of stuff on the market that gets hyped up about oh do this do that do the next thing and and you'll recover better or rub on this or you, you know strap yourself into that um but you know what's the evidence behind them um yeah and you know athletes are are probably i i think sometimes a bit more susceptible to to the hype um you know we all, we we train hard we want to recover so that we can train hard again um and 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 the purpose of a recovery strategy is to kind of decrease your perception of soreness and and give you that feeling that that you're getting recovered and it's and and so there's a psychological aspect to it which, which is important but you also want the physical aspect and that you actually want these things to allow you to recover a bit more effectively so that you can if you can shorten your recovery 
it means you can train a bit more and you get a bit more physiological benefit. So, so the whole purpose of, of recovery is, is you want to, you're applying a, an acute physical challenge in your training, uh, you know, because you want to maximise various physiological, you know, capabilities, whether that's your, your um, kind of general endurance, whether it's your threshold endurance, whether it's your max VO2, whether it's your strength endurance uphills, you, you know, there's something that you want to to optimise um, and you do the session and they've got different time frames for, for recovery. You know, if you do a steady run, you know, and it doesn't kill you, you, you're recovered within 24 hours. If you do a kind of really hard five to 10K session, it might take three or four days for your physiological markers to come back down and for you to be able to train effectively again. So, so what you do has got a, it's got a price to it, you know, as a consequence. Um, so can you, can you shorten the recovery? Can you make that gap a bit shorter? So you, you really want to have a very careful balance of your training stress and you want to avoid maladaption, injury and illness. And here's me, I'm wanting to talk, I'm saying earlier in our, in our podcast, I probably did a bit too much and I may well have contributed significantly to, you know, to, to a growing injury, and I probably have. Um, but if we look at the domains of recovery, so you, you, you've got your physiological domains, you've got the biomechanical effects, You've got what are called the neurological effects, you know, so your brain into your nerves that, that affect the muscles, and you've got your psychological effects. So how can how can we expedite uh, recoveries? So what I really like ask to ask me that question. Yeah, well, I <laughs> know I'm not going to so, ask you. <laughs> please keep going. Please I, answer the question. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Well, what they did was they said, look, there's a cake and there's an icing to the cake. Most folk like the icing, but it's the cake that's important. So what so the, what they were saying is really there's three key elements in the cake, and this will be as boring as hell for you in, in, in some respects. But basically what it's saying that sleep is by far and away the most important parameter for recovery. That's the number one, getting seven to nine hours sleep a night. And there ain't no point in getting any of the fancy gadgets if you've not optimised your sleep. So, so sleep, you know, physiologically what happens in sleep, you've got a kind of series of hormones that come out uh, when you're sleeping that really help with recovery. They build muscle, they recover tissue, yeah, you know, they put out things like growth hormone, um, you know, just just things that optimise uh, your, your general recovery. So I, I certainly would be advising folk to keep a sleep diary. You know, are you yeah. sleeping? Are you sleeping well enough? You don't need to use these fancy wearables. So a lot of the fancy wearables that tell you about your sleep, you know, what the evidence is, is they're not telling you, they're not telling you an awful lot that's terribly useful because they often can't differentiate between when you're lying on your pillow and thinking your thoughts and not sleeping versus actually sleeping. Um, so so you kind of got to be wary about some of the hype. Because that's like, I mean, the, the watchers generally won't know what level of sleep you're in. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of claims, a lot of algorithms. So, so the trouble with the algorithms is they're very general and they look for kind of stillness of movement um, and, and, and what your heart rate's doing as well and then tries to kind of marry them up with, um, with kind of the sleep process. But 
un unless you're actually wearing a thing on your head which takes your brain waves and 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 they've got these things you know yeah. that, that that will actually tell you um but i think i was kind of going to an extreme but but what you can do is 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 basically monitor your sleep how much sleep am i getting and how rested do i feel in the morning when i get up you know i did you know to, before you get up you know you're waking up lie in your bed and say how am i feeling am i still feeling fatigued or am i feeling okay you know have i got soreness or not you know what how, you know that that perceived feeling will tell you a lot about your recovery and, and and i'll add something into that later around heart rate variability monitoring which which i think is quite useful but so that's your sleep the second thing is nutrition and you need to get your nutrition right and a lot of folk don't get their nutrition right and you know as you know kyle we've been looking at getting some people on the podcast to discuss things and i'm we're going to yeah. get um uh Kat Allen uh on the program and Kat's a, a performance nutritionalist and and we're going to have a look at you know how do you how do you kind of optimize your carbohydrate intake for the sessions that you're doing both pre-session maybe during session if it's long sessions but particularly how do you make sure you're fueled up after your session and the number of people that we, we just don't do that adequately enough we don't we don't prepare uh, and we don't you know beforehand and we often don't fuel up adequately post run in a way that really allows us to recover effectively in terms of our glycogen stores for for the next couple of days and um you know, so Kat, Kat will have some good stuff when when she comes on about that. But but it's something really to to, to pay attention to is, is nutrition, and and so that's the second key thing. And the third key thing, well, well sorry, when I, when I say about about uh, nutrition, we've spoken about carbs. There is a something about repair. You know, when when you when you do any form of exercise, you get little micro tears in your muscle. They've got to repair. And so you, you need a decent protein intake as well. So that's that, that's something that, that we'll highlight. And and rehydration, that's part of nutrition. You need to drink plenty yeah. and, and be rehydrated. So the third the third bit of the cake is periodization. So what do we mean by that? Well, it, it's really giving you a structured training plan. So say, say you're going to train for a marathon. You want to periodize it over a period of a few months where you do certain types of sessions early doors and then you gravitate more and more towards race specific stuff. And, and you periodize it both in terms of the volume, the intensity of training, but you can periodize it in terms of the recovery as well. You need to slot in some down weeks and some recovery time uh, as well. So you, you know, and if you don't, if you don't do that, you get you get kind of overreaching syndromes uh, and overtraining syndromes. And, you know, often because we're very enthusiastic uh, and we feel great for a while because these these syndromes often take a few weeks to develop. Um, so so you need to we need to periodize our training and build in recovery blocks so that we get the benefit of our training. Now, a lot of folk will find that kind of boring. But it's actually, it's actually the most important thing. The three, the three keys: uh, yeah. sleep, nutrition, and periodization are the, are, are the three keys. To so, be fair, like I, I, I'm sure people won't find it boring because, I mean, including myself, 
and I'm including many others who are listening and be like, yeah, I don't get enough. I need to definitely get more sleep because, or at least, you know, when you talk about, um, I'm, I'm, I know you know the answers to this because we've had chats offline about this, like sleep, there's different ways you can, like say, for example, someone who works shift work, for example, yeah. like they, they're, you know, they, they generally have to sleep during the day. Is there like things that they can do to get the required number of hours of sleep does it have to be on one go can it be like because i know there's been a bit of chat about like you can sleep a couple hours one you know later in the day and then a few hours later you know what i mean yeah um, so i think i think the evidence thus far in terms of of athletic potential is you need to get seven to nine hours in a, in a go uh, and i think that you know, if you're a, a, a an elite high-powered trainer, Paula Radcliffe would sleep an hour after her training runs, or, or sometimes a bit more. Yeah. You know, so she gets some sleep in. Uh, you know, after a big session, but that also didn't stop her sleeping seven to nine hours at night. It wasn't in in place of you know other sleep. And and there's a lot of evidence that shift workers, their their you know what's called the circadian rhythm, their daily rhythm. Is is very much altered and and altered not in a great way. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of our health depends on on our daily our daily uh, patterns. If we're not sleeping at night time, um, and then when we're waking up in the morning, getting a bit of sunlight in our eyes, um, that throws our patterns off. If you know, one of the interesting things I f- I find was that if you don't sleep terribly well. You, you've got a hormone called cortisol, the stress hormone that comes up out, and that and that puts fat around your belly. You know, you get an increased yeah. amount of belly fat if you don't sleep well. You don't metabolize glucose as well as as you should do, even after one night's poor sleep. And after a significant amount of disturbed sleep, your risk of cardiovascular disease goes up significantly. Things like blood yeah. pressure goes up heart disease. So sleep sleep is a really important thing. And, and we've evolved to sleep at night. We've evolved so that we get sun in our eyes in the morning. That triggers a lot of, of um, chemical changes that are, that are really helpful as well. So back to your original thing about shift working. I, I think shift workers, I think it's challenging to be a shift worker. Um, and and it, does, it does disrupt patterns. You know, particularly if you're going from um, you know, from day shift to back shift to night shift, for example, um, you know, yeah. doing do that that pattern. But you know, you have to control yeah. what you can control. And if you're, you know, if you're in a job that that unfortunately doesn't allow you to have that kind of pattern, then yeah, you've got to deal with it. Yeah. Oh well, that's uh, well said, Lewis. And yeah, so I that's. Mean, if, if, Sorry, Kyle. I, 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 yeah, it's just um, no. It's it's good to for me anyway. Like, there's a few things you've said in there, and it's a great way to just reflect back and go. Well, it's not actually all about training, you know. It's not about obviously the the periodized approach and your structured training is definitely important. But sleep and nutrition, getting the basics right, to because if you don't have enough sleep, then you know you're going to be tired. If you don't eat well, if you don't hydrate well, how can you train? You know. Yeah. Like, I'm, the amount of people who including myself, who have been, for example, like on race day, on Saturday, I didn't drink at all. The only drink I had was the drink when I got to the Tanduri and it was a beer. And I was like, I was 
I was hungover. I wasn't even hungover. I only had one beer, but I was so dehydrated on the Sunday. I was like, yeah, you're just being silly. You know, you're not looking after your body. So how can exactly. it? How is it going to manage to do an ultra? Like it's not. It just doesn't yeah. have the the engine. It's got well. If you if you're gonna skeleton, if you, isn't it? yeah, but look, if you're gonna put the commitment into preparing for three months for a race, you owe it to yourself to get your nutrition and your hydration right, so that you're you're going to the line in an optimal condition to to do yeah. your best. And and what we've spoken about is 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 the cake. There is some icing on the cake. Most folk like the oh. icing, but don't like you Everyone know don't, don't do do the cake so well. But um, so the the icing is so. What is their high level evidence for? Well, foam rollering, ninety to twenty seconds per muscle group. That's been shown to to reduce your DOMS. You know your delayed onset muscular soreness. It's less clear whether it actually gives major performance benefits, but it's, there's certainly no detriment to your performance, and it makes you feel better. And and so from a psychological point of view, uh, that, I think that's good. So so foam, foam rollering, uh, compression garments can can work. They increase the blood flow to to, to muscles, um, and. It, they, they seem to work well both in resistance exercise and endurance exercise. Uh, something that that we probably don't do, <laughs> and, and very few folk will, will have recourse to, is electromyostimulation. Uh, oh, so there, there's some the yeah, yeah, all some the evidence, <laughs> some evidence that if you electrically stimulate your muscles, that that can uh, bring recovery, but it's quite inconsistent. Um, but but there is there is evidence for it, but just you know it's not available for most people. Um, Mo Farah used to go into a cryo chamber. Yeah, you ever see the the films of Mo yeah. going into one of these cryo chambers at about minus yeah. 170 degrees or whatever, <laughs> and uh, for about two or three minutes, and yeah. uh, it it you know can reduce inflammation. This whole body cryotherapy. Can you know reduce inflammation and muscle pain, but it's very expensive. But you can get the same effects with cold water immersion. You know, if you if you go to between ten and fifteen degrees um, for ten to fifteen minutes, it's been minimum of ten minutes. Uh, that will increase the chances of you being less muscularly sore and, and recovering better. But it particularly works after a, a, acute training. You know, if you do an acute session, uh, you know, in particular, if you want to get really recovered because you're in a tapering phase and you need to recover quickly for, you know, a big race, but you still got to get a session in, it can really work well then. Um, there are issues about chronic cold water immersion. Uh, you know, if, if you do it regularly all the time, um, they find that if you do resistance training, so it's like strength training for athletes, and just just a wee marker here, we'll, we're going to get we're going to get um, Rory Downey on the program, who uh, is a strength and conditioning coach, who's going to speak about strength and conditioning for distance runners. Um, I mean, what, what we find, though, is that with resistance training and chronic immersion, cold water immersion, that that stops a lot of the changes from happening. But it doesn't seem to stop the endurance training having its effect. So it's, uh, 
So cold water immersion is something, something to certainly uh, consider, particularly if you're in your competition phase, you've got some races coming up, you're doing some hard sessions, you need to recover quickly from them. There's another one that I hadn't um, uh, heard of uh, called photobiomodulation, Kyle. Photobiomodulation, oh. that's a bit of a mouthful. But it's yeah. it's um, it 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 it's kind of like uh, it's a light emitting diode or laser that seems to uh, if you shine it on the muscles, it it, it stimulates the mitochondria to to um, recover. And the mitochondria are the powerhouse of your muscle that produce energy. Um, but there's not been an awful lot of research done in it. The research that's been done in it shows that it, it looks like it could be quite effective. So I, I suspect over the next year or two, uh, we will probably be getting some commercial uh, bodies kind of throwing out uh, some of these things into the marketplace. I suppose um, it's a little bit like the, um, you know, the cold water immersion. You've got those little, uh, those wee buckets. Uh, I don't know what they're called, but you see it on Facebook. There's all these people are sit, jumping in little. Oh yeah, into, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ice so buckets you, or something. But I, I, I would have thought, you know, when when it came to cold water, it was like ice baths. But it's only it doesn't have to be an ice bath. It can be ten. Yeah, what, well, 10 it's to about 15 ten to fifteen degrees. That, that cold. Yeah, but for, well, for recovery, does it? Uh, yeah, it's it's, but that's that's what the research shows. Ten, 10 to fifteen yeah. degrees. Um, yeah. that that is quite cold though. Um, but you you could just go in your bath, couldn't you? I'm sure you could get that. Well, you could do cold it, water in your bath. Yeah, and... you could probably do it in your bath, or yeah. if you've got a wheelie bin that you don't don't use for rubbish. I've, I've got a spare one, but there's a crack in it, so I'd have to. Uh, all right, well, well, that wouldn't work terribly well. <laughs> so yeah, I think it would be quite appreciative in when the the the, the bin lorries go past me and uh, I'm sitting in the. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you may get you may get wheeled away, but that might not be a bad Indeed. thing, Kyle. <laughs> so that's super that, interesting. Yeah. So there's yeah. more. Hey, there's more. Don't stop oh. me yet. Yeah. So there's active recovery. So that's if you do light to moderate exercise below your your first lactate turn point. So that's like very easy endurance running, recovery running. Yeah. You're not running hard. Uh, and, and things like that, yoga or a bit of water exercise or easy cycling, you know, so the weights off your legs, all, all of that can help with active recovery. But you've also got to factor in if you're doing that, there's a nutritional element. You've got to make sure you're covering the calories for that as well uh, so that you're not, you know, sort of doing extra exercise and not, not covering your calories. And then and then you've got your uh, post-exercise stretching. Um, um, you know, this is something that there's been a lot of stuff saying, does, does stretching work? Does it not work? The research probably doesn't reflect real life settings because most folk in a real life setting would say if, if they do a post-exercise stretching, they feel better, they feel that their range of motion's improved uh, and they feel easier the next day. So research hasn't really captured that terribly well. Research done in labs doesn't capture that very well compared to what the real life experience is. So I think I think um, I think post exercise stretching uh, can, can, can be helpful. The things that have got a lower level of evidence then. So let's have a, a we run through these. A sauna, 
you know, um, 70 to 100 degrees C. So that's uh, very different to the cold water immersion, up to 20 minutes. Um, that has a bit of an effect. I'm not sure how much of an effect it has on recovery. Certainly can increase your stress. You need to make sure that you're covering your sweat losses by taking extra fluid. Um, but what I, you know, the research that I looked at separately for this shows that saunas can have a bit of a EPO effect, erythropoietin, yeah. you know, that kind of blood boosting effect, a bit like training at altitude. Uh, yeah. And and so if you're doing it, and you've done this in the past, because when 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 you went to the world um, mountain or my world trail championships trail jumps, in, yeah. in Italy, um, we prepared you through heat acclimatization in 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 a sauna, and you were the first you were the first Brit in that team home, uh, you know, and yeah. it was a bloody hot day. So so saunas, I, I I think a sauna can be useful, particularly if you're looking to acclimatize. Uh, so I do think it, it can help recovery um, in, in ways that have not been fully elicited. Then you've got things like recovery boots and, and sleeves. You see folk have you know, put these inflatable recovery boots on. There seems to be a bit of benefit on soreness, but nobody's really sure whether it works to improve uh, performance. Now, you can go really crazy and get occlusion cuffs. So an occlusion cuff will will stop the blood flow, reduce the blood flow uh, going to, to a limb. Uh, and that's meant to also help recovery. But, you know, I think you get mixed results and you've got to be really wary. It could be very dangerous <laughs> if you if you, uh, <laughs> if you blow the monitor up, uh, uh, you know, just beyond what your circulation can cope with. So, uh, uh, other other kind of weird and wonderful things are, well, flotation tanks you know where where you go into a flotation tank and you're in a in a kind of sensory deprivation area so from a a, a psychological point of view it's it's uh, incredibly useful for uh, relaxation but there's not enough again research to show uh, that performance is improved by that and there's a question of where the hell do you get into a flotation uh, tank uh, in not only the north of Scotland, but uh, anywhere else in Scotland. And then finally, Kyle, um, you know, in terms of this lower evidence, we, we've got massage guns. Now, a lot of folk have got a massage gun. I've got a massage gun myself. And you can use a massage gun pre and post um, uh, activity. Massage guns Reactivity can certainly loosen up your muscles and give you a better kind of range of motion. And certainly, you know, some sprinters, the middle distance runners have, have, have used that. Some performance therapists uh, will use massage guns uh, pre-race. Um, and you can use them post-race as well in order to massage the aches and pains away. Rather Remember weirdly, when I did the, the world, I say the world champs, the world the world, uh, the treadmill chat. Uh, oh, yeah, the treadmill. The, yeah, yeah. The good old massage gun that helped. That that was that was more than nice than the top. That was like the the decorations of the cake. They, they made a huge difference. In fact, well, I would made, I would it argue it was like the cake. To, yeah. So so you, you you were carrying a bit of a hip niggle, and yeah, you yeah. were using that you were using that gun as you were running. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure how that, <laughs> that, that that's how it was intended. 
Because the thing I was going to say was that there's a thing called rhabdomyolysis. Have you heard of that? Rhabdomyolysis. Long fancy name. Right. So so what that means is when you you actually have exercised so hard that you destroy some of your muscle tissue and the myoglobin, which is like the hemoglobin in the muscle, leaks out into the circulation. And rhabdomyolysis basically uh, creates a problem where your kidney function goes down and, and you can become acutely unwell. You, you see it, you, you know, it's been it's been in, in the news in the past with CrossFit trainers, you know, folk who do a lot of CrossFit so that they they do just incredibly severe sessions, but they rupture lots of muscle cells and and they get the myoglobin into the blood and they get rhabdomyolysis and you you can also get it if you're a trail runner particularly or a mountain runner coming down steep hills you know that kind of braking effect but if you're doing that for 30 40 minutes that can that can actually leave you open to rhabdomyolysis so massage guns I've I've never heard of anybody doing it so hard that they get rhabdo, but but the the, the literature suggests that uh, that's possible. Um, so I, I think that you would be cautious about massage guns. There's a lack of research, but hey, I've got a massage gun. I, I really quite like it. I, I think yeah. it can be really useful for uh, relaxing you and putting you into that kind of recovery, uh, m- mental recovery mode. So you've got psychosocial recovery, your friends, debriefing, you know, relaxation, just having a chat, having your, you know, as you said, your beer after the event. And then you've got a whole thing around placebos and beliefs and expectancy. So the placebo effect is is around believing. If you've got a personal belief that something's going to work for you, there's a greater chance that you will have a positive effect from that compared to someone who thinks it's not going to work. So the thing might not actually work in real life, but if you really believe that it's working for you, there's a possibility that you'll get you'll get an enhanced placebo effect with this. So so I think I think that's um, you know something that's useful to to think about. Um, should you use should you use these things chronically? I, I, I think that you, you, you should be careful about using them all the time, but I think I think you should look at your strategies for recovery and think, um, how, how can I plan this and how can I periodize uh, that into my training? The thing that wasn't discussed on, on this was something called heart rate variability and HRV training. So your your heart rate variability is a measure of something called your autonomic nervous system. So what does that mean? Well, when you're when you're aroused, you're in what's called sympathetic drive. You know, so if you're in a arousal state for a high performance, everything's geared up. Your heart rate's up. You know, you've got narrow focus of vision. Your blood pressure's up. You know, your cardiac output's up. That's that's a sympathetic arousal state. Now. Think about when you've had a really big Christmas dinner meal and you're completely satiated and you're almost like falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's called your parasympathetic nervous system state. So that's the opposite state. And and it's got an opposite set of hormones, um, which which makes you relax. 
and and it reduces your heart rate and and it, uh, the parasympathetic nervous system is that recovery mode it's sometimes called rest and digest have you heard of that that's that saying the rest yeah. and digest mode so so your hrv your heart rate variability measures it, it was well, a measure of your autonomic arousal, how aroused you are, or 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 how you know how good your autonomic recovery is, and it's a really useful thing to monitor on a daily basis. You can get an app to do it. You take a sixty second reading first thing in the morning, and after a few days, it gives you a rolling average of of what your HRV is, and it's a really good indicator of your readiness for training and the really good thing about the hrv is is it is basically monitors your stress from every aspect of your life so it's not it's not just your training stress and for a guy like yourself who's got busy life family you, you know all all the things that, that you juggle you, there's more likely to be way more stressors from that than there is from the actual yeah. training and those stressors will put your hrv off and if your hrv is off then it's a good indicator for you to say, you know what, maybe I, maybe I should just run easily and steadily and not do a really hard session. So that's that's what I, I, I'm kind of really quite in favour of HRV. And I often, you know, the athletes I coach, I'm often saying to them, OK, let's monitor your HRV and let's take it into consideration for, you, you know, what, what is your HRV prior to your hard session? Uh, if it's if, if it's really in your boots, then maybe we need to have a day or two of just steady running until it comes up again. So yeah, yeah. so that's so it. How would you how would you measure that then? You know, how would you measure the um, how do you measure it? The heart rate variability. Yeah. Would you would you get into where a heart rate monitor? No, no, no. So it's very very simple. So you can download an app. The, the app I use is called HRV4 Training. It's a guy called Marco Altini. Uh, who's who's pioneered this app? I think it's the best and most validated app in the world for this. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, Marco's written fifty or sixty papers on HRV uh, monitoring and and what it yeah. does. I mean, he's, he's he's a world lead on it. And um, the app costs. I think it costs about eight quid and and for a one-off price. Basically, you download it download it on your phone. And the camera on your phone will take your pulse in the morning. So you just put you put your your the camera onto your finger, yeah, and yeah. and basically it will it will read what your pulse is. You do that for sixty seconds, and and after that that will give you an HRV level. There's a there's a number of different numbers that you can use. But, but you can plot out what your HRV is and then you can monitor it on a day-to-day -day basis. It's that simple. The, the, what, what you need to do is just do it when you're waking up in the morning. Generally, waking up, go to the toilet, um, come back, but don't, don't lie down again. Make sure you're sitting and then check your HRV. It's 60 seconds in the morning and it gives you a great indicator about what your current stress level is and if you look at your rolling average for the, the previous week that's a really good indicator of the accumulation of stressors over the week uh, and not just simply from your running training but also from from life so if you're an elite athlete and you know and that's your job then 
the HRV will be more likely to tell you what's happening with your training. If you're like most folk and you're trying to fit it in around life and kids and problems with elderly parents or, you know, stuff that just yeah. causes other stressors, then then it, that will also feed into your HRV and, and affect the reading. But the bottom line is, is that all of that accumulated stress, you have to deal with it in your training plan, because if you're stressed through juggling your kids or your elderly parents or, or, or whatever, that is going to have a big impact on what degree of intensity of training that you can do, you know, what sessions you can do and what recovery you're going to have. Um, because all of these stressors will will potentially negatively impact. So it's a good it's a good way to monitor, and and it's probably one of the very few apps and wearables that I think are really worth getting. There's a lot of there's a lot of apps out there that give readiness scores and whatever. Mostly yeah. they're a waste of time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I see so many different watches and go. Would I actually need all that? Probably not. You know, I I I just think about what I used to wear and what I thought was or what I still think is the most important things is you know certainly like having HRVs are definitely something I've not really thought about but it's maybe I think intrinsically I'm like yeah well yeah I've had a bit of a rough night so there's no way I'm going to be able to do a session whereas maybe like a few years ago it would be there wouldn't be as many stressors you know but uh but it's yeah I think Definitely. In, so, so one of the one of the really interesting things about about your HRV is that really you're looking to get yourself into that parasympathetic nervous system recovery state. And one of the really interesting things that that I found on researching this was that if you do some nice deep slow breaths, so you breathe in through your nose, kind of like, and then breathe out. So you're doing breathing it, out. Everyone least, who's listening is doing. Yeah. Or, or yeah <laughs> exactly. So, so you, you, your out breath should be twice as long as your in breath. Yeah. So in through your nose, out through your mouth. If you do that half a dozen times, what happens is it turns on your parasympathetic nervous system. You may yawn. You might feel a bit sleepy. Yawn there. Uh, yeah. And I, I noticed that. I noticed that. And uh, it, it, it actually triggers you into recovery mode. And I think after a training session, if, if you sit and do five minutes of that kind of breathing, that will trigger you into parasympathetic recovery mode you know, straight away. So I, I, that's one of the things that I think is, is a great thing to, you know, it's very simple to, to use. You can add it in for just five minutes, that's all it takes, but it will kickstart your recovery. Uh, and, and I think that together with, you know, fluids and nutrition after after your um, your hard session are, are the keys to getting into that recovery mode and then getting yourself a good night's sleep. If you do all of that, then, then you're 90% of the way there. Wow, wow, look at that, that's a, uh, Fantastic. Third time I've said that in the show. Golden Nugget. Thank Yay, you. there you go. I took a bit longer yeah. than I thought it was going to take. Well, but... That's good though. Like, let, let's say that, that's like a little, I would say not little, but a bite-sized version of some of the things to think about in your training. And 
I think, yeah, no, well, well, well said. I didn't have to contribute too much. I was listening myself. <laughs> well, you were you'd ping your lungs back. You ping your lungs back, and you were taking <laughs> I, over. That's it. Well, um, no, that was that was great. So, so Lewis, we're, we're time now, and uh, I'm glad we got the main section of of or, you know of the the podcast. You know, a little account of the dive away, and yeah, you know, a bit about the the recovery side of things as well um there's been a couple of races aside from the dava that have taken part certainly tens and tens maybe even hundreds in scotland that have taken place is there anything significant from your end that you you noticed that was there uh, that was on um obviously we had the the scottish masters cross country championships we've um we've had the short course yeah, Scottish the national short course championships has been on um, some some great results there. Notice I never used the word fantastic there. Um, we had the Cardiff Cross Challenge took yep. place in Liverpool at the weekend. Uh, Megan so Keith, the great Megan run, had a fantastic performance. You know she she's really coming into into great shape. So Megan trains in Edinburgh and it's part of the group that I'm affiliated to with Ross Cairns for the Edinburgh University Endurance Squad. So so Megan is part of that and it's just fantastic, Kyle, to yeah. see the, the shape that, that she's coming into because I know from her training that um, it's not like it's not like she's absolutely training incredibly hard to gear up for these races she she's basically doing a decent volume but it's it's it, the results are coming without that kind of really high intensity specific preparation so it's really it's really very uh, interesting to 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 see uh, what it's coming off and she just seems to be getting fitter and fitter right now and over the last two or three weeks because um, a couple of weeks ago, one of the Ethiopians that beat her beat her by 30 seconds and she completely turned the tables. Yeah, uh, yeah this, know, time. Th- th- this time. So so Me- Megan's running great. I think the Scottish Short Course Championships, uh, I, o- I always, you know, it's a standout for uh, Eloise, Eloise Walker. I mean, El- Eloise is a real gutsy runner um, and she takes it to people and she took it to the field kind of right from the very start, put everybody under pressure. She run hard and it's a question of, look, I'm going to go as hard as I can. I, I may blow up, I may not, uh, but, you know, catch me if you can. You know, I dare you to come, I dare you to come in, uh, and, and try and beat me. And she won She won quite handily uh, and, and and won well. So I've got, got a lot of time for, for Eloise in, in terms of that, you know, ability to, to just, commit and not be frightened of anybody. Uh, Jamie Crow had a great great run as well uh, in, yeah. in, in the men's race. So so that was good to see. So that that's kind of like the main things in the last couple of weeks that stood out for me. That sounds yeah, I think as well, you know, I mean obviously we had the 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 Masters Championships as well. Um, you know, now that I'm getting getting on into that age bracket. I, I was quite intrigued by um you know who who, who was competing in that um the was I think it's like the thirty fourth British and Irish Masters Cross Country Championships yeah, it took place in Glasgow uh, which is great to see um 
but yeah, we had uh, our clubmate, Metro Aberdeen clubmate, J- James James Tool, Jim Tool. So he got a, he got the silver. So yeah, well done, well done, Jim. Um, and I think just in, just looking at the results as well, I haven't got them straight up just now. Um, but yeah, Jim was second over forty five. Uh, we had the M six. Colin Feakin, I think, got the win um, for the M65. And uh, just a couple other, I'm just going to put in a few other names in here while I see them. Uh, we also had the Met, oh, there was a 35 age group. Ah, Lee Gratton, he was the winner for M35. Yeah, Darryl Hasty, he, he would have been Wait, the M40 winner. He was third in that race, but yeah, he was the first well, M40. Uh, well just ahead of two other scores, that was Gregor Yates and Ian Whitaker. Um, run by Grant Bailey as well. Uh, I think was he? Did he get a top three? I think he was. Grant just... Bailey. So he was an M40. No, so he was. No, he was probably fourth, one, two, fourth three, place. Fourth. Ian Whitaker. Sorry, I missed Ian there. Yeah. Got a, he was um, second uh, M40 in a Scott as well. So well done. Ian, and um, female-wise, I think there was a couple of our standout performances. We had, I think, Susan Ridley. She she performed quite well, too, um, in the over 60, I think. Was, was she over 60? Well, let's have a wee look. Yeah, women's. Jane Matheson. Is it, Jonah, so, Jonah Matheson, Matheson uh, got the win as well. Um, so she was first over 60. So apologies. Uh, so I was the over Jonah. 60. So Jane Kidd was second in the over 65s with Isabel. Well, we had a second, third, fourth, and fifth with Isabel Burner, Erica Christie, and Anne White. Well, Anne, Anne White was actually an over uh, woman 70. I, I, I just think it's absolutely fantastic to see these age groupers getting out there um yeah and i remember uh, i remember when i was a lad and and i used to think still that, are a lad really. yeah well i'm a lad <laughs> in my head but I, I, I remember uh when mel edwards uh was about was about 35 thinking oh bloody hell what's this old man what's it what's old man mel doing coming across country races <laughs> <laughs> at 35 and i, well, I, I kind of uh, and once I became, you know, when I became a vet, I got back into running when I was about 45 again. And But even yeah. then, thinking of vintage, I was thinking, well, bloody hell, that's old. Uh, and, and and now I'm there. <laughs> and I'm yeah, thinking, wow, it's fantastic to see all these folk uh, who are vintage young. Vintage young. Yeah. Well, you know what, like, um, even at the Dava Way, we had, uh, like, there's a couple, there was... There was um, three over seventies who, who took part, uh, wow. and, and and Roger Greenaway was the first over seventy. He did the fifty k in five hours and seven minutes. Uh, so, so and Malcolm Hammond as well as uh, another over PH Racing Club. A uh, second, this is the second time doing the Dava win. Uh, yeah, he was he was the second over seventy, and then we we also had um, uh, Brenda. As well, Brenda. Uh, oh God, sorry, lost her surname. Sorry, um, but yeah, she was in the over seventy category as well. Uh, Brenda Evans. So oh, yeah, right, okay, great. She's from Wales. 
Um, so she took part in it too. So yeah, it was good. It was just it's inspiring to see just, you know, the older the the masters coming through and and still competing. It's just inspiring. It's good to see we've still got lots more life in the in the running uh world as well. So uh yeah. But but talking about that, I'm aware of time. It's ten usually I go to bed at ten past nine and it's now ten past nine, Lewis. Oh, so right. I will probably have to wind it up, but that's been super interesting. It's glad to have the the show back on. We're gonna be doing the podcast every two weeks on a Monday at half past seven. Uh if there's one, two or three of us, the show must go on. So uh keep listening, keep an eye out on our socials for the the next episode coming into your ears in the next well, I was going to say keep an eye. You, you're going to the time you listen to this, you would have heard that song. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe for the next episode you listen to, just have keep an eye on your socials. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to the podcast platform that you're using. So follow us so that you can get the instant notification that the next episode is available too. That's always uh, helpful as well, no doubt. To make sure that you can you can listen to us when you can. So. Um, but yeah, if you want to contact us, tartanrunnershorts at gmail.com. You can get us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tartan Shorts. Uh, and um, yeah, also you can see us on our TRS Run Clan page as well uh, if you want to just contribute to any discussions too. But uh, other than that, Lewis, uh, TRS Runner the Fortnite, any, anyone in mind that you've, you've got? Um, well, the only one that's springing to mind, and, you know, head head above everybody else right now for me is Megan. I mean, she's, Megan, she's yeah. Beat, yeah, she's beaten in international fields. Um, and I, I, I think this girl is truly going to become world class. Look at that. There you go, folks. So, Megan, you are the, and she is, you know, I think she's a listener, so... Uh, <laughs> Certainly not to me, but maybe to Lewis more than me. But uh, <laughs> she listens not, nonetheless anyway. So uh, thanks again for your time, Lewis. And uh, cheers for the inspiring, um, yeah, just your knowledge and wisdom. I'm sure it's going to benefit many of our listeners, no doubt. So awesome. Good, good right. stuff, Kyle. Yep. Good night. See you later, Sleep folks. well. I'll try. Certainly get my seven hours in. Yeah. <laughs> if I can. Might not be in one go, but... <laughs> They like park run and 
running shorts. And that's a wrap.